0: Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Well, I would like to um, say thank you to our tech crew uh, because these guys up here don't—they're even aware, but. Uh, Anybody ever have something like go wrong with your computer? Or your TV or whatever, right? Uh, And they were kept engaging that on the fly and trying to get that back. And so if that happens, starts to happen while we're going through the sermon, don't worry about that, okay? If we can just even shut that off. But keep this going in front of me would be a help to me, okay? We don't want the distraction. But anyway, seriously, they... That that's working under pressure today, and I really, really appreciate them. Some have been here since 7 o'clock this morning, getting their stuff done. So let's give them a hand, huh? We appreciate it much. Well, today is Palm Sunday, and uh, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on that Sunday, and Daniel had prophesied to the very day that he would do that. And so as Jesus rides into uh, uh, Jerusalem, on Palm Sunday, he is fulfilling a prophecy that had started 483 years before. And he fulfills it to the day. He comes in uh, offering himself officially as the Messiah of the Jewish people. And uh, they're all excited about this, they're thrilled with it, but it really didn't end up meaning what they thought it meant And in just a matter of days, they had totally changed their mind, and they rejected him. And we know the rest of the story. You know, the the Romans get involved, and Jesus has these trials that are really a mockery, and and they find a way to condemn him. And on uh, the the end of that week, he dies. He's put to death on a cross. obviously for the disciples, like ending this dream, you know, and what, what's going on? And, and it became very dark time for them. But what they didn't know is that Jesus, as he died, was accomplishing what he had come to do. For the Heavenly Father put the guilt for my sins and for your sins and the sins of the whole world on Jesus as he died there. And what he accomplished for us that day It's it's, it's really beyond our ability to fully comprehend. And each and every day as we walk through our lives as Christians, we can learn a little more and understand a little more of what he did for us on the cross that that week. And uh, so today's sermon is not directly about that. And yet what we're going to talk about in today's sermon really flows right out of that. Okay? So let's pray. Father, thank you that we can... uh, Consider what you say in your word about our lives here today. We pray that we'd honor you with, with our thoughts and, and the intents of our hearts as we listen and, and ponder what you say in your word and what it all means to us. Um, I pray, Father, that uh, if, there, if the, the tech stuff still goofs up, I pray we wouldn't let it distract us from what we really need to, to focus in on right now. Please speak to us as you've promised to do. And I pray it in Jesus' name amen well how many of you would say I have too much stuff okay if you aren't saying it now you know when you would say it if you decide to move right and you go through your house and you find all this stuff I mean I think about moving I I think I'd be I'd be better off dying than have to move because we've been in our house for 30 years and there's not a place where we haven't figured out how to put something there. Uh, and you know, it's, it's not like we, I mean, we're not hoarders at all. I mean, not even close, okay? There are people that are hoarders. It's actually the hoarder syndrome. They, they talk about that and you know, where they just, they can't let anything go. Everything matters from, you know, the newspaper to the, to the book, to the, trinket to the trash to whatever, it all matters, can't let go of any of it and, and their whole identity becomes wrapped up in those things. And, and they have you know way too much stuff. Um, but most of us, all, all statistics would show that they, if we hold true, and I don't know if we do or not, because sometimes people of faith don't match those statistics, but uh, one to two of us here would be hoarders according to statistics. But stuff, so much stuff in our lives, isn't there? And, um, and it isn't just material stuff that we have. It's all sorts of other stuff which we're also going to talk about. Our lives are full of stuff. By the way, isn't stuff a great word? can use it to mean just about anything. But what I want to talk to you about today is in the title of the sermon today is unstuffed. <laughs> We want to get our lives unstuffed the right way. Um, And so when we think about stuff, okay, all the different kinds of stuff, we do think of things like money and material things like we talked about with hoarders. But then there's things like money. We have money stuff. We have um, comfort and convenience kind of stuff in our lives. We have... uh, our ambition, stuff related to our ambition, stuff related to our plans. And it isn't all physical stuff, right? It's just, these are our thoughts and dreams and desires. And, and uh, we have uh, our opinions, stuff related to our opinions. We have stuff related to our rights, right? We have certain rights that we are, uh, you know, really value. And then even stuff related to our beliefs. All this stuff that we have. And the question comes down to, how do we value these things? What's your value system when it comes to all the stuff that's part of your life? Again, not just the material stuff, but all of the stuff that's part of your life. How do you value it? You know, is, is your stuff more important than God? All this stuff in your life, are the stuff related to your plans and ambitions more important than God? And I mean, I think we would go real quickly and and answer the question and say, well, of course not. None of this stuff in our lives is more important than our relationship with God. Now, the reality is, is that sometimes we do let some stuff come before God in our lives, if we're honest about it. And so that's something where we need to regularly evaluate Uh, our lives, daily basis, weekly basis when we come to church and say, God, am I allowing any of this stuff in my life to come before you? And so we need to evaluate that, but I think we all answer that it ought not to come before him. But what about people? Should this stuff in our lives come before people? You know, well, we say, well, maybe not this part, but maybe this part. Maybe some of it should come before people, and we aren't sure about this. But we've been in this sermon series talking about making choices, the the kinds of big choices that we have to make in life to think like Christians and so we can live like Christians and so we can make lots of other good choices that work for us instead of against us. And and so um, here's today's choice. This is the one I want you to go away with. We need to choose people over stuff. Choose people over stuff. Now, like I said, I think most of us, most of the time, we would say, yeah, my physical stuff, my material stuff, things. We, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty easy to, to say, yeah, we need to choose people over those things. But the reality is sometimes we still don't do that. Uh, If you think about this, um, I mean, we all all get the idea because when there's a natural disaster, say a tornado or a flood, and and a family loses everything and you see them on the news, what do they say? Well, all that stuff can be replaced. At least we have each other, right? And so, you know, we get this, that people are more valuable. But there are times in the push and shove where we think otherwise. And so just a couple of quick snippets of wisdom from the book of Proverbs that would help us to remember that people are more important than stuff. We need to choose people over stuff. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 17, it says this, a bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than steak with someone you hate. Okay? In other words, you know, who you're eating with is more important than what you're eating. Okay? People over stuff. Now, I imagine some of you can relate to this, especially as a young man when I was, you know, started um, dating my wife, who, Glenda, who became my wife, and then, as you know, when we were married and all that, and, and guys, I'm sure this is not a one-way street, okay? Okay, but guys, have you ever sat down, you're eating, maybe you're eating out a restaurant, and you order dessert, and your wife doesn't order dessert? What is going to happen? Yes, she's going to want to eat some of your dessert. Now, you had in your mind this dessert, and you're going to have it, and you're going to have the whole thing. And so, you know, you get to the place, you start asking, wait, do you want dessert? Are you sure you you don't want dessert? You can have your own dessert, right? No, 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 no. And when your dessert comes, what? You know, take it And... It's not about the dessert. She's wanting to connect with you. And we want to share this together. And, and you, you finally have to learn. Right? I, I did, and I'm glad about it. But that who I'm eating with is more important than what I'm getting to eat. <laughs> a lot more important. And so we need to you know, choose people over stuff. Proverbs 17, verse 1 says, Better a dry crust eaten in a peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict. And again, the idea is, is the people are more important than the party, okay? All the stuff related to the party, the people there are more important than the party. And so we get this, that, that people, we ought to choose people over stuff like that, physical stuff, material stuff, stuff that we know is not that big of consequence, not that big a deal, and we need to remember it and do that. Um, but I think it's the other kinds of stuff. That we have the bigger problem with. There's lots of stuff that we often choose over other people. You know, things like our comfort and our convenience, things like our plans, things like our ambitions, uh, things like our opinions and, and our rights, and even our beliefs. You know, we struggle with where where does that come down? How do we how do we get that right balance there? And, and the Bible gives us some pretty clear indication about this. Um, are people more important than their sin? I mean, sins can be really bad, right? I mean, sins can be horrendous, and impact and hurt so many other people. Sins can really be really bad. But is the person more important than their sin? Well, Peter comes to Jesus and, and um, In Matthew 18, and he says to Jesus, How often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times? And Jesus said, What? Up to 70 times seven. And he wasn't really saying you give forgive them 490 times. He's saying, Don't count. Stop counting. Forgive them. Yeah, but they did this to me. They sinned against me. They, yeah, yeah. Choose people over stuff like their sin. Choosing people over stuff. We see the same thing, kind of thing happening uh, in the, the Corinthian church. There had, had been a man who had sinned and sinned in a really terrible way. I mean, it was, it was not only bad for him and the people in his life, but it was really hurting the reputation of the church and of Christ. And, and Paul said, you've got to deal with this. You cannot leave this undealt with. And, and they had to, to put him out of the church and, and, you know, say this is unacceptable, all that kind of stuff. Huge deal and and our natural tendency as human beings would to say, you know, we're done. Don't come back. We choose that all this stuff over this person. And and here's what Paul says about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. He says this punishment is sufficient. Forgive and comfort him. Now we're going to forgive and comfort him. Lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. Lest Satan should take advantage of us. For we're not ignorant of his devices. Because what would Satan want you to do? Satan wants you to choose stuff over people. He wants you to choose stuff like, well, wait a minute, the way you acted and how it made us feel and what we've had to deal with because of it and how it's, you know, and so we're, we're done with you. We're choosing our comfort and our convenience and our, what's important to us and our opinions and our beliefs. We're choosing those over you. And the Apostle Paul here says, no, 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 no. Did you have to deal with this? Yeah, you did have to deal with this. This is unacceptable. It had to be dealt with. But this person is more important than what they've done. This person is not identified solely as the person who did this. This person matters. And so we must choose people over stuff in these kinds of things. And so let's consider now, even how about our our beliefs, our religious beliefs, the way we, we look at our Christianity and how we practice our Christianity. Do we choose people over that kind of stuff, too? Well, let's look in the Bible and see. Take the Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 14. Page 1307 in the Bible that's under the chairs there, and I really encourage you, if you don't have your own Bible with you today, to take the one under the chairs and follow along with us. Page 1307, Romans chapter 14. Now, I think it was last summer, we talked a lot about the book of Romans. We went through the book of Romans. And if you remember, there were, um, Christianity started out, out of Judaism, right? Jesus was Jewish. He was the Jewish Messiah, the savior of the world. And the Jewish people have you know, given to him by God and beyond, but they had so many rules to follow, so many traditions that they held to, they were so important to them. By the way, do you have any, any beliefs and practices like that for yourself that are really, really important to you? You know, because I'm a Christian, this really matters to me. Um, because I'm a Christian, I live this way. I make these choices to live this way. Well, that's the way the Jewish people were, but it was very much, it was things about uh, how you ate, what you ate, uh, even, you know, how you washed your hands. Uh, also, you know what days were special holidays and what weren't, and and what you had to do on those days, and really, really important to the Jewish people. Well, Jesus comes along, and he is the savior of the world. He dies, pays the sins, rises again, and, and so many of the Jewish people, you know, came to trust Christ and receive Christ as savior. But in their minds, they were still Jewish, and so therefore, they still followed those eating rules. And because, why did they do it? Because in their conscience, they felt what? I I need to do this. This is the the right thing to do. And and then what happened is these people who weren't Jewish people started getting saved. They started coming to Christ, receiving Christ as Savior. And they received his forgiveness and new life. And now they're in the church too. And we have Jewish people who believe all of these things so important to how you live your life and, and what God wants you to do. And these other people who came in who didn't have a clue about any of that And we're really interested in it. And we have a conflict. We have a big conflict. Conflict between those who had the traditions and and all these things, eating and days, and and, and then those who didn't. And there's a conflict in them. So here in Romans chapter 14, the Apostle Paul starts to talk to us about how do we deal with that? How, How do we deal with these things? Because, by the way, do you notice that people get really passionate about these things? Um, I'm not even sure how to uh, correlate it to what we might be experiencing here today. Um, sometimes how people dress when they come to church, um, how we act when we're in church, what we allow into our lives outside church, what some people don't and what some people do. Uh, I mean, there, there are things today and people can still be very passionate about these things and disagree about them. Well, what do we do about this? You know, if, if I hold to a standard, and I do have some fairly high standards in my life on certain areas of things, that, that to me, you know what, I don't do that because I'm a Christian. Because I, I just think it's not a good choice. I think it's a, it's a choice that's gonna work against me and, and may hinder my ability to minister to you. And so I make these choices. Well, what if you don't make that same choice? How do I navigate that? I'm saying here i got to choose people over stuff, but wait a minute. Do I choose people over those things? This is important to me. This really matters to me. Am I supposed to choose people over this? Well, let's look here and see. That's that's the context for here. Uh, Let's start in verse 2. We're going to skip through some of these verses. So the Apostle Paul here in verse 2 says, For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. And by weak, he means very sensitive about these issues. In this case, it would be the, the Jewish believer who's very sensitive. No, we have to eat this and not this. And, and So that's what he means by weak, okay? So you have a group that says, hey, we can eat anything. And the other one says, oh, no, 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 you can't. Verse five, one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. And this isn't really what the sermon's about here today, but Paul says, you, when it comes to these kinds of things, is it okay just to say, ah, it doesn't matter? What do you think? Paul is not saying it's okay to say these things don't matter. What he says is you need to be fully convinced in your own mind. You need to address these issues in your life and you need to figure out what it is you believe and you need to be convinced of it and live by it. Well, that sounds like a recipe for conflict, doesn't it? Okay, let's continue. Let's go over to verse 13. So he goes on and talks more about all this stuff. In verse 13 he says, therefore, so we're coming to a little bit of a conclusion. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. Okay, stop right there. All right? So I need to be fully convinced in my mind. You need to be fully convinced in your mind. And I'm not going to judge you for what you you have reached as your belief. And you aren't to judge me for what I have believed. Okay? Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. But rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. And so Paul here is telling us that there's something more important than my beliefs about these kinds of things. Be fully convinced in your own mind. Hold on to that. Don't be judging each other in those things. And then he just takes this, what really is a huge leap, and he says, and make sure that what it is you're believing, what you're practicing, does not cause that other person to stumble and fall. Whoa. He just said that we need to choose people over stuff like this. Choose the person. The person's more valuable than those things. In other words, this is the conclusion. If I I get what Paul's saying and I say, okay, I'm gonna accept this, I'm gonna live this, I'm I'm gonna, my heart attitude towards you is going to be that you are more important to me than what either of us believe about this issue. You're more important to me than what either of us believe here. Now, we're going to look a little bit more. But do you understand that this starts to set us up to be able to interact on behalf of Christ with any person? And don't you to think back? We're, we're not enemies with each other. But what did Jesus say? You've heard it said, you should love your neighbor as yourself. But I say to you, love your what? Enemies. enemies. Well, how do I do that, right? Well, he's telling us here, we're gonna choose the people. If, if we are at war with somebody and someone is trying to kill me, I'm in the battle and am, am I going to shoot back? I am, I'm gonna shoot back and to try to survive. But I wanna tell you what's going on when, stop, when all of a sudden the war's over and here's, here's the other guy. I am to love my enemy because he is more important than whatever he's done. This does not come natural to us, you know. It doesn't. So let's continue here. So you're more important to me than what either of us believe. Verse 14, he, Paul says, I know I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus there's nothing unclean of itself. So all these rules, all these practices, They don't matter. He says, they don't really make any difference. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. So if if someone really believes it is, well, they gotta live that way. Verse 15, yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. So who's more important here? What's more important? The people. The people verse 21, sort of a conclusion, it is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. You're more important than my religious practices, even the ones that that I'm convinced that you're wrong about. (laughs) You're more important to me than that. And it it gets even clearer, let's go over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Just a few pages toward the back of your Bible there. Page 1317 in the Bible there in the chairs. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. The Apostle Paul talking about the same kinds of issues. This time he's, he's talking about meat, food that's been offered to idols. And some people, oh, you can't eat that. It's been offered to idols and, and others. Let me back up. But what happened in the Greek marketplace is that people would go to the the pagan temples and they would offer, you know, an animal, you know, whatever, to that pagan god, false god. And the, the priest or whoever for that false god would take that. And what they would do with those things is they would then have that butchered and take it to the market and sell it to get money. For that temple, all right, and so people would say, "You can't buy that meat because that's going to support a pagan religion." And others say, "What do you mean? It's just meat. It's just meat. It's there. Anybody can buy." And and so this is the issue that Paul is talking about now. And First Corinthians chapter eight, let's start in verse nine. He says, "But beware." Let me back up. He says. He says, it doesn't matter. He says, if, if it bothers you and your conscience to eat it, don't do it. He says, if it doesn't bother you and your conscience, eat it. It's not, you know, it has nothing to do with your, directly with your relationship with God. Verse 9, he says this, but beware lest somehow this liberty of yours, this, your freedom to make a choice here, beware lest it become a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. He says you've got to be careful because this this may affect somebody. They may make bad choices and they may actually get drawn in to this idolatrous worship. In verse 11, And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. So if I put my the, the, all the stuff related to my opinions and even to my beliefs about what I can do and what I can't do, when I put that as more important, I choose that over people, I sin against Christ. That's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? Verse 13, look at this, therefore if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. I will never, if, if this is going to cause a brother and sister in Christ to, to struggle and to fall into sin or fail, I will never eat meat. Let me translate, so what he said is I will never have bacon Hmm. You have to choose people over this kind of stuff. It's some pretty big important stuff to us. But the people are more important. Now this does not mean, let me just put this little caveat in here. This does not mean that we have to acquiesce to what everybody else thinks. It doesn't mean we can't say no to somebody. It doesn't mean that we can't have ambitions and plans and desires. Doesn't mean any of that, okay? But what it does mean is this, is that all of that other stuff, I have surrendered to Christ and he is Lord over all of this stuff in my life. He is the Lord over all of it. And he says, these people are important. And when I'm following the Lord and, and you, when you are you know, yielding to Christ's lordship over all of this stuff in your life, when you're doing that, I want you to know something. The Lord will never be leading you to do something that requires you not to love your neighbor as yourself. Whatever plans he has for you, purposes, ambitions, whatever it's his and if he's leading you in it, it will never lead you to that place where you have to choose stuff over people. Not gonna do it. Um, Just real clear. He's not gonna contradict himself someplace. And so even if we end up with a conflict over something because the Lord has brought us to a place, it leads us to a conflict. Is that is it, that, you know what? My heart is still toward you. I still care about you. I still value you. And, and yeah, and I can set aside this for now or whatever. And just care about the person, love the person. And, and let me tell you why I say this. I mean, amongst all these things what I looked at, but the question we need to answer is: Is how how valuable are people to God? How valuable are we to God? How valuable are we? Well, consider what happens this week in history. The Lord Jesus Christ rides into Jerusalem, knowing that He will be that the crowd is going to turn on him knowing that knowing that one of those closest to him will betray him knowing that he will go through horrendous physical abuse and and a torturous death knowing worse than all of that that he is going to uh, bear the guilt and penalty for sins that he never committed and somehow rather also experience this this forsakenness with his father and going through all of this, all this stuff, terrible stuff. And why did he choose to do it? I mean, we know he says he loves us, right? But so he chose us over stuff because we are so important to him. And then he tells us to do the same I want you to think about this. Jesus, as he hangs on the cross, and we're going to jump a slide there, okay, Mitchell? Jesus, as he hangs on the cross, going through all of these things, and the people who are, the very ones who are crucifying him, what does Jesus pray for about them? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Did he choose people over stuff? Over the worst kind of stuff, he chose people. And and then he says to us, his followers, he said it first to his disciples and and then to us, he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. I send you out into the world to, to make the same kind of choice and live the same way. So Jesus, go, and I'm telling you, go into the world. And like Jesus, choose people over your comfort and your convenience. Go into the world and like Jesus, choose people over your plans and your purposes. Like Jesus, go into the world and choose people over your ambitions and your desires. Choose people over stuff. So what we're called to do. And by the way, if you understand that when we do this, there's n- nobody who can walk through that door that we cannot connect with and communicate the love of God to when we say they're more important than what they look like, than what they believe, than how they lived all week when they came in the door. You see? Choose people over stuff. This is the sixth choice that we have talked about. we talked about choosing truth over feelings. We've talked about choosing Jesus over everything else. We've talked about choosing the spiritual over the material and the eternal over the temporary. And, and last week we talked about choosing love over other motivations. And, and really it gets, this gets right down to where we live. Choose people over stuff. This doesn't come natural to us. This is not natural, this way of living. So we need something to happen, right? What has to happen in our lives for us to be able to really live this way and to to view life this way so that not only we make these big choices, we can make all the other choices that go along with it when it doesn't come natural to us? Well, the Word of God and and the Lord, God has some, He has an awesome, Way for us to do that, for us to change from what's natural to what is supernatural. And he has an amazing answer right here. And and that answer is what we're going to look at next Sunday. Today, go away. Remember to choose people over stuff. Let's do this. Let's just bow our heads for a little bit here. I'm not going to ask for any outward response from you today, but I just want you to ponder your life for a little bit. You, You can ponder in light of all those six things that we've talked about, but maybe most importantly right now, the one we talked about today. And think about where in life that you probably would be struggling to choose people over other things. Let me encourage you right now to say to God something like this. Say, oh God, I can see it. Man, and that's a hard one for me. I don't know how I can even do that. But you told me I need to. So please, please, please help me. Teach me, show me, reveal my blind spots. Give me a breakthrough, whatever it needs to be, Father, so that I might more and more faithfully, more and more consistently choose people over stuff. Father, thank you that you have loved us this way and that that love is not just a statement of love, but it's a, where you've made choice after choice after choice, choosing us over other stuff that sometimes is important stuff, but you chose us. Help us to live that out in our own lives with others so that you can work through us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you. You were dismissed. We'll pick up on how we're going to live this stuff out. Next time.